Disclaimer. All views expressed on this podcast represent the host and his guest, and not the companies or agencies they are associated with. This is Tony's Game Lounge, a weekly podcast that covers news throughout the gaming industry and a variety of topics. Here's your host for the show, Tony Erickson. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Tony's Game Lounge. I'm your host, as always, Tony Erickson, and joining me this week, we did say this would happen a couple weeks back, Nick Green is back, but we also got his entire pod- his podcast with us. We have Scott and Michael as well from Out of Focus. Hello, Hi. Tony. Thanks for having me again. It's us, the pasta people, as we are known. <laughs> the pasta people. The pasta this people. Is, this is the first first time we've ever introduced that sort of thing. Well, sh- sh- shouldn't we go with our regular stick? Um, shtick, sorry. Um, my name's Scott, and I am not a clone. Ah, uh, yes, sorry. I'm Nick, and I'm also not a clone. So, hey, Tony, what's the podcast today? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> uh, well, today we, we got, we got uh, a bunch of stuff, like always. Uh, but because we have two brand new guests here, uh, Scott and Michael, uh, we get to start with some interrogations. Uh, where I ask you guys Woo-hoo! your favorite video game, video game character, and video game soundtrack. So, Love who it. would like to start? We could probably alternate. Do... Uh... Scott, you go first. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna be in charge here. I mean, my, <laughs> mine is pretty quick and pretty simple because it almost all comes from the same source. Uh, my favorite game is Final Fantasy IV, originally from the Super Nintendo. Um, my favorite character is Kane High, Kane Highwind from said Final Fantasy IV, and my favorite OST is you could probably guess it the uh, main theme of Final Fantasy. Bejeweled. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But Jewel is a good good second. <laughs> um, favorite video game definitely Bioshock, but character and soundtracks hard to pick. Like character, I guess like anyone who's just funny and just fun to play as, like any sort of adventure character is more of a trope. And soundtrack, I don't really remember video game soundtracks too much, but it'd be either between and this is going to be a real fun pick between Ghost of Tsushima. Or um, Hot Wheels racing on leashes. <laughs> oh, man, that's a, a really the duality really of man. The duality <laughs> of man, samurai, and car. <laughs> toy car, really to be good exact. Toy car, yeah, toy car, to be like, exact. Like you, you pick up the game and you don't expect to have such a good soundtrack for it. It's insane. That's True. good to hear. Yeah, I mean Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels surprisingly can have good music. I mean, if you, I don't know if you guys remember Hot Wheels Battle Force Five, the TV show, but it had a decent soundtrack. That's a pretty badass title uh, for a TV show, for a kids' TV show. I'm assuming <laughs> kids, too. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, it aired on Teletoon. Uh, oh, Nick, from this the was years, an HBO I don't show. remember. <laughs> HBO, I want the the itty, great, gritty HBO remake of Hot Wheels Battle Force Five, starring Pedro crashed. Pascal and Bella Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Pedro the Last of Us was actually show. just the working title of that new show coming out. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Ooh. The, Nick the with the all the spoilers. Theme. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> I'd want to see how they work the um the giant spider that fires webs into the HBO series. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, we're going to jump right into our first uh, thing of the day, which is our headline of the week. Uh, and it's on Minecraft Live cuz Minecraft Live just happened. Hell yeah. uh, they announced cool. a whole bunch of new stuff. 
Um, the wild update was their big reveal for next year's update, what's coming after the second part of Caves and Cliffs. Uh, we're going to get a new swamp biome, fucking frogs. <laughs> uh, they're also going to be moving the Deep Dark and the Wardens into this update as it's taking more time uh, to develop them. So they're just going to move it into the wild update and it looks spooky and everything the Deep Dark has to offer is going into there as well. Um, and the mob vote winner went to the alley and uh, it's possibly that it's because uh, of YouTuber George not found and uh, propaganda of how that thing won. <laughs> Um, like separate propaganda or propaganda from George Not Found? Or propaganda from George Not Found. I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> the government had a uh, conspiratorial propaganda run for uh, the yes. Minecraft mob vote. Yeah. Uh, it, the the, two, the bit, two mobs that did come between were the Copper Golem and the Alley. And so uh, between the three, the glare was like eliminated because it only got like 11% of the vote. So the other two got a closer percentage and so they just did one last vote with those two and then the ally came out on top i think it was like a 54 46 something so it was oh, it was seriously close. holy cow it was it was pretty close um in the end but the ally did come out on top so you know what is with it being that close i'm not too bad as all jokes here of course now tony this is very important which mob did you vote for uh i actually didn't vote you didn't exercise your civil liberty? I did not. I, I voted oh my in my uh, municipal election that just happened uh, for uh, <laughs> yeah. our areas. I mean, I guess I that's more important. But And I forgot to vote for the Minecraft mob. Oh, how dare but, you. I just tried to I vote mean, for uh, South Park, as I always try to. <laughs> <laughs> the collective South Park show yeah. as a mob. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, we also got a, uh, a little update uh, for Dungeons and what their next seasonal content is. So that's cool if you play Minecraft Dungeons. I haven't met a single person who does, though. You might one day. I'm. It's on my backlog list, but oh, okay. that remains to be seen if I ever get to it. Yeah. Uh, and they also announced the new Minecraft Gamer Chair. Hell yeah. Oh, now that's now that's what we're talking about yeah. here. I mean, the design looks pretty good. It's it's a gamer chair, though, so it's not the most comfortable thing in the world. That's uh, That was everything announced at Minecraft Live. I'm excited for the frogs. I, I'm oh, they're also there's also going to be tadpoles, so they evolve. in. It's the, They do the whole evolution process from the tadpole to the frog. This is so, real next-gen game uh, development here, people. So I'm going to look up the, the gamer chair real yeah. quick because I think I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> with, with the whole evolution system of it from like tadpole to frog, does it, it eventually evolve into like a knight with like a badass sword? Uh, no, you're thinking of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, no, I was. I thought. I, I thought he was. Uh, th I, I was gonna go with Chrono Trigger. Yeah, that, that that's what I was going for, Tony. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Although Yu-Gi-Oh is the close second, oh, yeah. because uh, there is an entire archetype based off frogs, and I know somebody who runs that deck. So I could also see it being like a Digimon thing as well. Yeah, Digi Fro Frogmon, Digivolve too. <laughs> I'm They're actually just adding Digimon to Minecraft. So yeah, let's go! Finally, my childhood comes true. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have to say that I'm decently disappointed by the gamer chair. It's <laughs> decently not, disappointed. Yeah. It's not what I wanted, which was for it to be five giant blocks of just <laughs> like fluff. It's like that's not a Minecraft gamer chair. That's just a regular gamer chair. You know, if it was like five blocks, I would be. I I would have said it was it was the best gamer chair ever, but it's not. 
Yeah, it's disappointing. They they ruined it. <laughs> they ruined it. <laughs> I feel like to be part of like the whole Microsoft package, though, if you get that Minecraft gamer chair, you have to also get the Xbox mini fridge now as well. Dude, okay, I was going to get to that a little later, but uh, <laughs> since we're here now, the Xbox mini fridge... Um, Xbox. Uh, if you remember back when the Xbox One was starting to launch, they released a full... They had a contest for a full-fledged fridge that looked like the Xbox One. Well, now they're actually... They have, like, in production, and multiple of them instead of just one, Xbox One mini fridges... Hell yeah. ...that can hold your sodas. And I think your that's Mountain all Dews, it can to hold. to be specific. Yeah, your Mountain Dew gamer juice. <laughs> Does it, like, spit it out if it's not Mountain Dew? Like, yeah, <laughs> no. I mean, what is it, this it, trash? It, yeah, it only it accepts two you. forms of drinks, and it's uh, any form of Mountain Dew and any form of the canned G Fuel. Yes. No, no, no. It's just base Mountain Dew or Mountain Dew Code Red. That's it. Oh God! <laughs> if you if you put in if you put in a can of Pepsi, the door will lock and it'll get the red ring of death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the God. fridge will tell yeah. your actual Xbox console to self destruct. Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, it is Microsoft. Uh, you, you just can't mention the word Melinda around it. <laughs> nice. <buddy. laughs> Melinda, I barely know her. Uh, uh, with that, we're going to start ha- talking about more of the news. It's time to look at the week in review. Covering news from the world of video games, TCG, and board games, this is the week in review. And uh, this past week of gaming, uh, video game-wise, some of the games that did come out, we had Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes, the latest horror game in that franchise. Uh, We also had Resident Evil 4 VR for the Oculus come out. And uh, Corpse Party 2021, uh, which adds a little bit of new content to the very old indie horror game, but uh, new content, and it's on everything now. Corpse Party? I didn't realize they made a video game about Betty White's birthday. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) How dare Ooh. you insult Betty White? Yeah, you see, what would have been funnier is if it was the Queen, because that's actually a bit more relevant right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> she was. Out, she just came out of the hospital too. What are you talking about? The Queen looks great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but both the Queen and Betty White are looking good right now. A- anyway, um, in the world of video game news, because we are the official source of speed running news, uh, Ooh, or at least the only the, source. Hell yeah, one of the only sources. Um, we did cover the Hero Story Sonic Adventure 2 tournament uh, earlier this season. Well, the Dark Story tournament for Sonic Adventure 2 um, is un- currently underway. Pools have begun uh, this today, which is the day of recording this, uh, Saturday. So when you're listening to this on the Monday, the pools have just finished up. Um, so this is a brief little review of who's all participating in the Dark Story tournament and uh, some small predictions from your boy Tony. And hopefully we will be covering the entire tournament in its uh, entirety uh, later this season. Uh, but we have uh, six pools that are currently ongoing. We have Group A featuring uh, friends of the podcast, Savic and Don, as well as Divu and Bloog. In Group B, you have Drum Bash. Drum Basher, Hedera, Deku, and Melters. In Group C, you got Prophet, Gurp, Wilson, and Liam Dunn. In Group D, you got Classic Box, Yarasu, Yanimatics, the Originality Ace, and Sword Killer. In Group E, you got Tethys, Nintendo, Tyler, Chill, Drywall, Frog, and Nava. Uh, Frog being um, Epic Frog Skater, and Nava being Nava Musica. And in Group F, you got... 
uh, Juice Polydot, you got Cryptic, you got uh, Gus, you got Papa Bear, and you got Maddie. And those are the runners. Um, honestly, straight prediction. Um, my prediction to win this, and a lot of people's predictions to win this, is Drum Basher, who is one of the top Dark Story runners. Uh, with the Dark Horse of the tournament being Savic, um, just with his immense knowledge of treasure hunting in all the Rouge stages, and just also being one of the top five runners of Dark Story as well. Uh, Profit, I also wouldn't count Profit out, but uh, compared to Drum and Dawn, it, it'll definitely, those are my three, and then just my wild card of it, because for the walls, uh, gotta root for my boy Dawn, because he did come second place in the Hero Story Tournament. Uh, and we'll have more uh, Dark Story Tournament news um, as the things go by, so we'll probably have an update on pools next week, and then... Um, Probably a little bit after that, as we are booked with uh, guests uh, after that point, we probably won't have the full recap for a little while until after that. Uh, in the next piece of news, uh, next Wednesday, there will be our uh, our next PlayStation State of Play. It will be dedicated to third-party games, according to the tweet. So look forward to that. In a little bit of delayment news, Advance Wars, the remake, has been delayed to spring in 2022. Aww. Yeah. Uh, a little sad, but it, they just said that uh, they needed a little bit more time uh, to work on the game, which, honestly, I'm okay with. It still looks like it's going to be a good time. Uh, it's only oh, a good thing. So, in the meantime, we're still stuck with regular wars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we're uh, going to be stuck with regular wars yeah. for a while. Yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, I thought they were just coming out soon. It's too bad. Um, too in bad. some... Uh, how to put this? In some Grand Theft Auto news, we have a new Grand Theft Auto game coming out that isn't Grand Theft Auto 6. What? Uh, Grand, Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto 5. Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy Definitive Edition is coming out set for every console, including the Switch and PC, November 11th. Um, so completely remastered graphics entirely. Yeah. Um, for the three game for uh, three Vice City and San Andreas, uh, those are the three games that are in the pack. And uh, yeah, it looks good, kind of good. I yeah. played San Andreas uh, way back in the day, and that's really about it. Yeah, it'd be it'd be so weird to hop back to the now when like you're so used to like maps being the size of the state of Kentucky. And going back to like <laughs> cities being the size of we have three major buildings and uh, and a drive through. Yeah. Um, now, Tony, I don't know if you can confirm this or not, but I heard that they are also updating the controller scheme, so it's a little bit more like modern day GTA Five. Yes, yeah. that is uh, what uh, the reports have shown. Okay. Um, so that way, it's not as jarring as going back to whatever the their old scheme button schemes were. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. It's not uh, as janky as it once was, but it's not as, equally yeah, not as, as janky as GTA Five. Yes, <laughs> equally janky as GTA Five. Um, is some um, d- really dope announcement news. Uh, Concerned Ape, the developer of Stardew Valley, has revealed a brand new game that he's worked on. Heck yeah! It's called Haunted Chocolatier. It's basically in the same engine as Stardew Valley, same graphics. It's just instead of a farm sim, you're a chocolate. Uh, fact: You're you're a chocolatier who has a door in his chocolate factory that you can enter to. If you remember all the, if you've played Stardew Valley, it's basically the cave system where you go down in the caves to fight things and mine stuff. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it is, and uh, you're turning all that 
delicious slime loot into chocolate and selling it. Ooh, <laughs> delicious. Isn't that just basically what Willy Wonka does? Essentially. <laughs> um, and uh, your cashier is a ghost. Uh, a little cute oh, ghost. Really? I love it. Um, and you can romance people. I don't know if you could romance the ghost. Um, but it's basically Stardew Valley, just a new twist on it. Yeah. And it looks good. So this I'm is excited like, for this. I'm actually going to grab it when it comes out. Oh, yeah. This is like Concerned Apes' like first new game in like almost a decade, isn't it? Yeah, essentially. Oh. this uh, Since uh, his only other game is Stardew Valley, and he's worked so much on that. So much. That uh, it's nice to see something new come from him, and I cannot wait to see what uh, what it has in store. I cannot wait to uh, become Willy Will- Willifer Wonka, Wilfred Wonka. Um, in some sus news, Amogus <laughs> is coming to Xbox and PlayStation s- systems December fourteenth. That's the one with the Fall Guys, right? Uh no, that's um it's uh the one with the 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 Deku and the Sussy Baka. I don't know, Michael's being pretty sus right now. Could we make it not Michael's always been sus on PlayStation? Could we make it not come to PlayStation and Xbox? Could we do that as a community? Sadly no. it's coming to PS4, PS5, Xbox One and Xbox uh Series X and S. It's also I think it's coming to Games Pass as well. So, literally going to be on everything now. Um, so now you can uh, say the sussy memes together on Xbox Live. Um, in Pokemon news, we got a new Legends Arceus trailer Hell yeah. in the form of a found footage thing. Uh, where we got to meet a brand new Hisuian form. Zorua and Zoroark uh, have a new Ice Ghost typing. Okay. And... I believe it was Ice Ghost, uh, according to what I read on Cerebi, but the ice was uh, confirmed because uh, of their new designs. And oh my god, Hisuian Zorua is uh, now the cutest thing ever. So move over, move over, Hisuian Growlithe. Hisuian Zorua's got you beat. So, so um, I don't really play a lot of Pokemon, but I got a question about this. Is it an Ice <laughs> oh Ghost because they died from cold, or was it some water that died when it was cold? Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe it uh, was. Honestly, answer carefully, Tony. <laughs> This uh, is a serious question. Let's wait for the Pokedex entry to find out. Yeah, because usually it'll <laughs> okay. be something even more messed up than that. Yes. <laughs> something exactly. involving child death, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it's the children's fault. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's always, ch- uh, as I said once before, I don't know if it was, I think it was in a Discord call once, always blame the children. <laughs> When in doubt. When in doubt. Um, In movie news, the Uncharted movie got its first trailer with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. Surprise, surprise, after over a decade (laughs) of production Has it been a decade since they first announced that? Uh, If it hasn't been uh, exactly a decade or over, it's been like close. I I feel like maybe like a decade ago, there was like the idea of... But then it was like yeah, just it, about three or four years ago. They're just like, yeah, no, let's actually do this now. Yeah, it was. It was whenever it was when to, the, like around like the time of like the second Spider Man, I think, with Tom Holland. Oh yeah, I like your thing. I like your thing, Scott. Of the idea of so someone's sitting down. I have this idea. It's about moving pictures really, really fast. <laughs> String them together. Yeah, they become one picture that moves. I like to call it. A movie picture. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to star Tom Holland in this movie picture. Yeah. With Mark Wahlberg. Mark yeah. Wahlberg and his giant fridge head. Ooh. 
I uh, I think it looks uh, intriguing, to say the least. Yeah. It definitely had a lot of like serviceable moments for the uh, Uncharted oh, franchise. Absolutely, yeah, and the, the, the uh, fucking um, the plane scene. At yeah, the, the plane trailer, sequence, basically yep. being the the like shot for shot remakes from Uncharted Four and stuff. Yeah, um, it'll just be interesting to see how well Wahlberg and Holland do. In their roles, what I saw in the trailer was intriguing, and I didn't hate it. So, well, and like they're going up against Antonio Banderas. Wait, is that actually who the villain is? Wait, yeah. hold up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Yo, I fucking love some fucking Spider-Man versus Puss in Boots. This is what I've waited for my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> you could have just gone over to Gmod for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, in Destiny 2 news, uh, we got some new, uh, they announced that there are some new dungeons, uh, being added to Destiny 2's Witch Queen expansion, but you can only get these dungeons if you make a separate purchase or get the deluxe edition. Uh, of course. <laughs> Classic so, uh, activate. Oh, wait, no, now it's just Bungie. Yeah. It's just Bungie now, and, uh, our Destiny Insider Jackson has, uh, vented to me that this is kind of stupid, even though he has already pre-ordered the digital deluxe version of the, of it, because he plays that much destiny and is a has said he's a loser for it um (laughs) self-proclaimed loser self-proclaimed loser uh but it it is uh yeah it's kind of scummy but it is what it is uh it's the pc news god of war the god of war 4 is set to come to pc in january soon to be mod of war (laughs) mod of yeah probably now with the modding stuff is like kratos gonna get the uh same treatment that Lady Dimitrescu got for uh, Resident Evil Village or becoming uh, Thomas the Tank Engine? Because <laughs> the uh, answer is yes, if that's the I question. Mean, yeah, uh, everybody gets the Thomas the Tank Engine treatment. Yeah. Like this is like this stuff with Sony putting stuff on PC is very surprising. It is. This I'm is wondering. their second game that they put on PC, I believe, because the first one is Horizon Zero Dawn. They've also put. Uh, Returnal, or not Returnal, sorry, uh, Days Gone and uh, Death Stranding on there as well. Oh, yeah. And then they've already confirmed that the other Horizon Zero Dawn will be coming to PC at some point mm-hmm. down the line. And they have the Uncharted uh, 4 and Lost Legacy bundle coming there, too. Yes. Yeah, they do. Um, I don't know. I think it's kind. Of, it's not the worst thing. It's, and it's still, like, it's only a couple of their games, so it's like, it's like they're giving you a taste of, like, hey, Here's what we got. Come join us. Buy a PlayStation Five yeah. if we have yeah. one. Exactly. Like it's it's definitely not a bad thing. It just like it feels weird to be in a world where Sony and Microsoft are playing nice with each other. Yeah, yeah. and then there's yeah. Ninten- then there's Nintendo in the, co- in the in the corner eating sand. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying. Look. Um, in doggo news, the DC doggos, Crypto and Ace, they're getting a video game spring 2022. Perfect. The moment so we've all been can, waiting for. Yeah. yeah, so now you can play as Super Dog and Bat Dog. Uh, in Bungie, kind of Bungie news, former Bungie creative director Marcus Leto has joined EA and is opening a new studio in Seattle. Oh. Um, in Tom Clancy news, there's reportedly a new Splinter Cell game in the works. Interesting. Yeah. I know a lot of people have been wanting that for a long time. I'm... I'm more interested in what 
IO Entertainment is going to do with the James Bond game because they made good Hitman games, but you can't really have James Bond be like, I'm going to wear a janitor uniform and put on a man's wig and go drop a chandelier on this guy. You can't do it. Yeah, at least that is a little bit more tangible too uh, for the future. It's, I mean, it depends on what comes out uh, within the next little while about a new splinter cell but wow no belief nick it's not even tangible <laughs> it's a it's an ethereal idea <laughs> it's been an ethereal idea for a long time actually uh in more delayment news uh the biggest game of 2022 has been del- or yeah has been delayed to february elden ring delayed to february from january yes okay that's right yeah mm. so delayed a month but that's not the worst I, I think until they no. do it again and again and <laughs> yeah, again yeah and it eventually becomes uh the next george R. R. martin book or uh we have a <laughs> cyberpunk situation on our hands again now with with george R. R. martin being involved it's just gonna either never come out or uh it'll come out and be fine yeah i like the idea that george R. R. martin doesn't understand how video games work and just hops in when they're about to ship the game like hold on i want to write a new chapter for this don't don't publish it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Don't publish it yet. The DLC isn't done. <laughs> but, but sir, it's DLC. Ah, it's not done! <laughs> In some developer news, Grasshopper Manufacturer Inc., the developers of No More Heroes, have been acquired by NetEase, and uh, they have now promised three more games to come from the studio within the next decade. Are they going to be, like, expanding out to, like, potentially PlayStation and Xbox with that? I don't know. They did yeah. not say. Okay. Hopefully it'll just be uh, some more heroes, a little bit more heroes, and then all of the heroes. All heroes. Uh, brought to you by Michael. Or you, or, or you know, we unexpectedly get Lollipop Chainsaw 2. <gasps> That'd be great. Because they are they are behind that as well. Uh, in some Doom news, Doom Eternal is adding Horde mode in their October 26th update. So that's uh, not too far from now. So you can play Horde mode and shoot a bunch of demons in the face even more. Uh, and lastly, from the video game news, uh, Valve is currently reviewing the entire the entire Steam library, every single fucking game, wow. to make sure <laughs> that it's compatible with the Steam Deck when that comes out. So are they, like, not taking any more games uh, for the time being? <laughs> uh, or are they no. just welcoming more and more as they're reviewing? Yeah. Uh, no, you they're going to be in an endless was- cycle. The day that they started, they're like, okay, any games that get uploaded past this day, we're not reviewing until we're done reviewing every other single game. <laughs> so, uh... They're like Ringo Starr sending out that mail video. No more mail. No more games. Peace and love. Um, and that's it for video game news. Uh, we don't have any board game news this week, as there wasn't really a whole lot going on. Uh, but in the world of TCG for Pokemon... Uh, Fusion Strike, the next set, releases November 12th, so we are a little less than a month away. Uh, maybe like half a month away, actually. Um, Pokemon and Hype Beast have teamed up to release a special Charizard design on some clothing, uh, based off of its original TCG card design. And, in a trailer, they revealed the new Pokemon cards that are coming out, V-Star. And they showed off the first V-Star card of V-Star Arceus. Or Arceus. Uh, in the world of Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, Legendary Duelist Synchro Storm comes out next week, October 29th. 
Burst of Destiny comes November 3rd. Grand Creator's Booster Box comes December 3rd. Hidden Arsenal Chapter 1 comes January 28th. And The Battle of Chaos comes February 11th. And in Magic the Gathering, Innistrad Crimson Val drops online on November 11th. And the full release is November 19th. And that's the Week in Review. Any final thoughts on any bits of the news? Uh, uh, games are good. <laughs> I'm guessing that Arceus card is probably cross-promotional what with uh legends rcs also coming out in a way um partially most yeah. likely like it's probably definitely Ar- arceus for that reason yeah uh instead of charizard because let's be real if it wasn't arceus it was probably gonna be charizard oh yeah oh yeah because pokemon loves to milk the charizards dry now that's an image to leave that <laughs> yep. on yep <laughs> And with that, uh, we're going to jump into what's coming out next week. Here are the games that should be on your radar. From AAA titles to upcoming indies and random shovelware, here's what's coming out next week that should be on your radar. Um, This is from October 25th to 31st. On Monday, Zombo Buster Rising comes out on the Switch. On Tuesday, Iron Harvest comes to the PS5 and Series X. Marvel's Guardian of Guardians of the Galaxy comes to everything. Yes, even the Switch, because they showed it off in the Nintendo Direct. Uh, so play on anything but that, please. It's not going <laughs> to run. Uh, NASCAR 21 Ignition comes to the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Workshop Simulator comes to the PC. LOL Surprise Movie Night comes to the Switch. <laughs> and The Unliving comes to the PC. We've got some bangers on Tuesday. We do. Holy cow. Uh, on Wednesday, Super Robot Wars 6 comes to PC, and Pumpkin Jack New Gen Edition comes to the PS5 and Series X. On Thursday, Age of Empires 4 comes to the PC. Backbone comes to the Xbox One. Dusk comes to the Switch. Fatal Frame Made in the Blackwater comes out on everything. Riders Republic comes to everything but the Switch. Roki comes to the PS5 and Series X. Voice of Cards, The Isle Dragon Roars comes to the Switch, PS4, and PC. Sunshine Manor comes to the PC. And lastly, on Friday, Mario Party Superstars comes to the Switch. Wahoo. Wahoo, indeed. <laughs> uh, any thoughts? Um, my, my Michael, thoughts you go. Make me. Um, my thoughts <laughs> <laughs> regarding, um, I guess, really Iron Harvest, because Marvel... I might get Guardians of the Galaxy some point down the line after I find out if it's shit or not. But my point with um, Iron Harvest is that I was really excited for the trailer until me, like everyone else in the comments, found out that it was a top-down real-time shooter um, and not a first-person shooter. Because <laughs> we were all we were all very excited for Steampunk Titanfall. And then they were like, instead of making that game, we made a top-down shooter, the most popular genre. Uh, regarding Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm intrigued, but like, really, the deciding factor isn't so much if I'll play it. It's like, even if it gets like a 10 from like everywhere, it'll mostly just get on my like games to buy list. It's not really going to like go up in priority or anything. Uh, like I am intrigued and like the voice acting and performances do look pretty good. Yeah. But aside from that, I'm still not like there's too much other stuff going on in video games for me to really 
make that a priority. It, it does. It does look better than the Avengers game, and the it fact does that very much the characters. The characters, for the most part, actually look like cool. We did our own take on Star Lord and Gamora and Rocket Raccoon instead of here's the Avengers stunt double team, and then like a, then like the Avengers theme <laughs> plays on like a, oh, yeah. on like a kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, it definitely looks way more fun too uh, than the uh, Avengers game. Like all of the like story trailers and stuff from the Avengers was like felt super depressing and like <laughs> trailer never, one, never... Captain America's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, so I, I might play it eventually, but it's it's still not like it won't be a high priority even if it gets a ten. Uh, Thursday has a couple of games that are pretty good. Uh, we got uh, Riders Republic. That one. I am intrigued one. by that for sure. Um, you also have Fatal Frame in a Blackwater, the Wii U title now coming out for everything. Right. Yeah. Oh, in and which... uh, Voice of Cards, the Isle Dragon Wars, which was shown off in the latest Nintendo Direct. If I remember right, for Fatal Frame, they showed off some of like the DLC costumes you can get, including you can like wear a camera like as like a full face mask oh, oh, or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds, that sounds like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually also curious with uh, super robot war six, if like they're just going to be doing the usual pulling from like mobile suit Gundam stuff, or if they're going to be getting, I don't know, other cool robots from other properties. I don't know how familiar you guys are with super robot wars. <laughs> Uh, vaguely when you when you mentioned the Gundam, is it? I I know that there's like a crossover mech game. I don't know if that's I mean, this one though. Yeah, like like for the longest time, like it, it it was like one of those IPs that was like purely Japan, in which like they yeah, like it was pretty much that. Like they would just do as many crossover things as they could with like different giant mechs from all sorts of different properties. But over the years, it kind of just leaned more and more mobile suit. Yeah. I mean, everybody likes Gundam. Yeah, but there's there, there's more than that. Like, get get some Megazords in there from Power Rangers. Why don't you? Yo, yo that was, okay. Now, now we're speaking my language. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, and then of course Friday you have uh, the lone game Mario Party Superstars. I mean, that's probably going to be like the winner of the week, eh? I, I it's definitely going to be between like we. I think you have three real contenders for like winner of the week. It's probably it's between Riders Republic, Guard, Guardians, and Mario Party. I think those are your three to keep. Those are your three games to really keep an eye out for. With um, if you like RPGs and Square Enix games, Voice of Cards is the other game to keep an eye out for. Um, and with that, that's what should be on your radar. We're now gonna talk about some other things this week in the Game Lounge. Covering a variety of topics with his weekly guests, here's what's going down this week in the Game Lounge. And to start us off, I believe it's uh, Scott who came up with this topic. So Scott, give us the intro. Alrighty. Um, so what I'm bringing to the table, or I guess I should say to, to this nice comfy lounge here, I was hoping to shine a little bit more light on Final Fantasy VII in regards to everything but Final Fantasy VII. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, we're sounded like, uh, we're sounded like uh, our boy Zach here, uh, actual trash PhD who cannot stand Final Fantasy VII. Oh, oh, he can't stand it, eh? 
He's not a fan of seven. Oh. Uh, mostly because of like how overrated it is and whatnot. I think he's played it, I'm pretty sure, but he just doesn't like seven. Yeah. Um Hmm. In, in which I, I would just argue with that. It's just like I don't I don't think it's necessarily overrated in a way. I just I just think it just gets the most light shone on it just because I mean yes with like the original PlayStation being like such the huge hit that it was and with the remake getting all getting all the love and basically all of your FF rep- representation and smash being purely FF7 yeah I mean it, it's hard not not to look at it just being yeah no FF7 is the golden boy of it but um I I don't think that necessarily means it's overrated so that being said um yeah no I want to talk about kind of the other ff games out there that you know help define what final fantasy is um and final fantasy 15 mobile game final (laughs) Final fantasy 15 mobile god (laughs) uh there was actually a like third party ff 15 mobile game that was terrible and i think it was wholly unlicensed or something. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I know, I do know about that. Yeah. There, there was also uh, what was it? Final Fantasy Fifteen King's Quest, I think. Oh yeah, on on the um, PlayStation and Xbox as like kind of like weird extra bonus games. Yeah, did, yeah, I think did it act like, like a prequel or something? It, yeah, it did. That that, that kind of covered the um, everything before you play as Noctis. Uh, it 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 actually is like kind of a story of noctis's dad and like his party of bros oh it's, it's the og bros yeah yeah no exactly so um but and well, it, obviously it, you know how it, it that's that, i mean at least we know how it ends it ends with uh some people getting knocked up am i right oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so so starting us off so what what games in the final fantasy franchise stand out to you the most okay that, so this was definitely a bit a bit of a challenge to you go through, but I definitely have what I'm just going to call my short list. Um, starting off with obviously the very first Final Fantasy, like the number one Final Fantasy for the original uh, NES. Um, it kind of really stood out, like especially when it first came out back in 1987, as being um, a RPG for like the home console market in which at that point there wasn't too many RPGs out there. I think like the other big one at the time was Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior, depending on which kind of region of the world you were in. Um, But it was also like around that time where for the most part, any sort of like RPG, like video game stuff out there was primarily just like on the PC at the time or like what were PCs at the time. Um, You had like Ultima and I think a few like, other like text-based games but in terms of like okay like we're giving you like some characters to role play and go around and have an adventure in you know there there wasn't kind of anything really that big in terms of just like we're going to give you like a whole world and all these dungeons to go through and you have all these stats and stuff you know if if you kind of wanted to do that like more often than not your best bet at the time was to more so just play D &D. yeah that was like back in that day it was like 87 like second edition probably at that point yeah i don't even know i mean because like first first edition was what late 70s early 80s and that sounds right yeah yeah and that that's what ran um and then it was over kind of like the course of the 80s that you know as um 
video games were transitioning kind of from like the arcade into like the household that yeah like developers then were really playing around the idea of just like hey like we love these elements of like role playing and everything how can we make kind of like a fun immersive experience with that um and it it wasn't really until the NES that yeah no you like you had characters on screen and do that um and then also as well um one of the other big things that they were doing at that time was it was having actual safe slots in your game as well. Um, the only other game that did that, um, well, and as competition was Dragon Quest slash Warrior as well. Because, um, like, there are not that many games on the NES that you can save your pro- progress. At, at best, you can get, like, some passwords you can put in, but... Yeah, I think Zelda, the first Zelda game, also had save slots yeah. as well. Yeah. that There was not a lot. So, but by and far, I mean, de- def- definitely back then in like the 80s, like this was, you know, a pretty big deal. Um, lo- lots of people kind of really joke around, oh, they call it Final Fantasy because like it was the final project. Uh, of the I mean, at the, at the time of it uh, with uh, back when it was Squaresoft. Yeah. Uh, um, it was there set to be their last game because they were not doing good. And then all of a sudden it blows up and like, oh, hey, we have money again. Yeah. Um, let's do it again <laughs> I, I i mean what what's kind of extra funny about that is that I, I i think it can't be uh overstated just like just how small of kind of like a studio and how like a, a team they were like it was literally like four or five of them programming this game together in like the back of a laundromat and yeah i i think it was like because um hironobu sakaguchi like you know the og final fantasy dude um and I, for, I forget who the quote unquote president uh, uh, of their company was. I think it was just who, who, who their business manager was. Um, they, they either had the choice between either trying to make this game and make one final good go of it or like a racing game, I think, of some sort. Um, and and they, they opted for, for this instead. And now here we are. Decades later. Now here we are, uh, decades later, yeah. and they have that racing game finally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they finally got GP. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, in which actually, um, fun fact about that, this is actually going to be the second Chocobo racing game. Yeah, the first one came out back on the PlayStation year, de- yeah. eons ago, I believe. Yeah, uh, I think it was like 98, 99 it came out. I'm really oh, looking oh, forward wow. to it, so yeah. Um, I mean, it looks fun. It looks it, absolutely it genuinely, genuinely looks yeah. like a bit a good time of fun. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so I'm just gonna try and get through some of the other Santa ones super quick. Um, I'm kind of gonna mash up FF4 and FF6 together. Um, they were like the two big uh, SNES ones. Um, what really stood out with them is like that's where they were really trying to drive um, character-driven stories. And like having big overarching plot to help drive you through, which I would say, especially with FF6, that was very much the case. Um, I would say by and large amongst FFMs, every, everybody says that that one is legitimately the best. Uh, yeah, uh, Final Fantasy VI does get all the the love of like the original uh, before they jumped to 3D. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was probably one of the, the biggest RPG at a point. Yeah. Um, and, and, and definitely one one of the fun narrative things it does with that is that you have no set protagonist with it. Um, you, you really just have like this party of people who have just come together just to try to make the world a better place, even though the world goes to absolute crap. 
It does. And that's just the thing I want to point out. I think that's where Dragon Quest XI gets a lot of its inspiration from. Of why Dragon Quest XI is such a good game and why it's one of my favorite RPGs of all time is because it oh, wow. takes a lot of the same elements from six. It really does. I, I'm still try- actually trying to replay through it on now the Series X with the new uh, S edition. Uh, I played through it all the way on the original PS4 one, in which that was a bit oh, of a grind. Okay, yeah. yeah, I played through I played through S and I, I liked it a lot. It's yeah. Yeah. a lot of fun, but I'm a completionist and I decided, hey, let's kill every enemy, collect every weapon, and do all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, and I never finished the game. I got to the final <laughs> boss, but never finished it. Yeah. Um, okay, so now in my timeline, because we're bypassing seven, um, I'm going to be jumping us all the way up to FF10 now. Okay, yeah, that's what I kind of figured because FF10 is another one that gets a lot of like good kudos and stuff like that. Um, it it really does. I mean, it was the first one with uh, voice acting in it. Fan favorite James Arnold Taylor as good old Titus with the Titus laugh. I'm not going to replicate it on this uh, podcast and blow out my microphone. So, <laughs> ha ha ha! There we go. Thanks, Doug. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm dying. What I find is also a kind of cool factor with it is that out of kind of all the FFs out there, it really is one of the easiest ones to get into, but it's so difficult to master. Um, it has it has a very different level progressioning system with like the sphere grid and everything. Um, I've seen in passing some Twitch streamers who are trying out for the first time, their jaws drop when like they zoom out to see the entirety of the sphere grid, and it's just like, no, you gotta you gotta take it in bite sized chunks if you're gonna do it that way. Um, but then as you get towards end game and like post game stuff, yeah, you're 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 kind of doing lots of extra extra grinding to get some perfect stats to take down some bosses with hp pools that are absolutely ridiculous would be final fantasy without uh big ass bosses yeah oh yeah moving just one ahead to ff11 oh i thought you were gonna do 10 2 damn it <laughs> <laughs> that is one ahead still podcast no. ruined technically Scott. God technically, damn. yeah <laughs> um actually <laughs> fucking 10 2 with its gun controller <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Um, but with FF11, um, it being like their first MMO at that time. Still active, by the way. Uh, it got an update, like, what was it, earlier this year or last year? It got an update. I know that we've talked about it on the podcast, but yeah, it, it uh, still active. Kind of a pain in the butt to still try to download and install. Because it still uses all of like their original infrastructure and everything. So you're only able to download like 10 megabytes at a time worth of stuff. And like, it's a several oh. gig game. Yeah. Like I, I, I often try to like reinstall it, like on some of like, yeah, my modern day hardware. And it still takes forever because of it's kind of antiquated launcher system. Now. Um, Is it possible that your computer's bad? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've, I've done several tests. My good Michael. Uh, kind of what was also interesting is that they were also able to get that on the PS2, which at that time was super unheard of, like an MMO, like on a console system. Oh yeah, like, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot about that part. It was on the PlayStation Two. Yeah, and eventually made its way to the Xbox 360 as well. Um, kind of going back now and playing it today, um, compared to like some of your um, other MMOs, it is very slow paced, 
But, you know, that's kind of like how it was with like that and EverQuest and like your vanilla WoW at the time. Well, vanilla World of Warcraft. Back when the jokes were racy. <laughs> Yo, where I don't know. You join at? now. You'll probably still find some of that. No, you, you, you won't anymore. They've all been patched out. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Wait, why did why did World of Warcraft get rid of racing? I thought everyone would love cars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a slight detour here over to FF13 now. Um, wait, wait, 13? Okay, okay, yeah. I want to hear this. Um, <laughs> it kind of just purely has to do with kind of visual performance. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Vi- okay, okay. Yeah, um, it, it purely is, is with that, but I might come back and touch on 13 a little bit later as well. In which, I, actually, I would say um, at the time, like on PS3 and 360, what they were doing, like it was really kind of pushing those systems at the time. To the point where, yeah, no, like during some cinematic sequences in game would like crush your frame rate down to like single digit stuff. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, I I think that was like especially um, the case in uh, 13-2. But actually now if you go and kind of check those out like on uh, it both is like on Xbox stuff now and I want to say PC, you can now check out like the whole 4K um. 30 slash 60 fps upgrades they've done to those and it, it definitely does make for like kind of like a very clean and very at, le- at least visually appealing experience to it um but that's kind of all i have in ff13's corner for right now and then just the last one i'm gonna uh mention for now is kind of just a standout one is uh ff14 specifically with the realm reborn uh and onward stuff what with it being kind of i i, I like to call it the wild killer it definitely has taken World of Warcraft's lunch. It has run run away with it, um, and I'm really stoked for actually the next um, expansion coming out here in November. Yes, uh, I know that I have a bunch of people. I know that our actual trash PhD is also uh, super excited for that, and uh, a bunch of other people in my Discord are too that do play the game. I tried to get into it i just can't get into mmos in general okay yeah that's fair too much of a time dedication and that i want to spend playing other video games no that's fair I, I i like to joke that i put so much time into it i killed my first ps4 with it oh yeah because i i would just sometimes sit down and for months on end just that would be like the game that would be running on my system for like 12 hours straight my god so <laughs> So uh, jumping into the next uh, point I want to make, what are some of the mechanics that uh, were your favorite specifically that appeared in one game and what which ones would you like to have them bring back for a new installment or what you would like to see in 16 when that finally comes out? Yeah, so so, so that, that actually in itself is a very, very interesting question just because Final Fantasy is sometimes um, infamous for like always carrying certain mechanics over and forward into other games. Um, I, I, I would only s- they brought back the card game mechanic, like an eight. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, which actually, if you, if you wanted to in FF 14, they do have triple triad set up in that because triple triad is like the best. Um, but like some of the other mechanics that are very infamous to the series are like your job class stuff and um, like summoning stuff. Um, but in terms of like um, you know a particular mechanic, um, is I mean one one that I kind of particularly 
particularly liked was the junctioning system from Final Fantasy VIII, um, in which it's it's a little bit different because with it, um, you have like your regular leveling up progression um, in the game, but at the same time, you are kind of using your summons and your magic in a bit bit of a different way to wholly affect your character as well. Um, are, are either you guys familiar at all with what I'm talking about? Yes, okay. it's thanks to uh, infamous YouTuber Pro Jared. Ooh, ooh. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> how about for yourselves, Nick and Michael? Uh, unfortunately, I have zero. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't have. <laughs> I, I think I've played 20 minutes of the first Final Fantasy. Okay. And that's about it. Okay. Uh, so the quick quick rundown of it is um, you're, you're familiar that like Final Fantasy like has all the summons and everything in it. Um, A little bit, yeah. In, in Final Fantasy VIII, the fun thing you do with that is with all the summons, you then pair them up with your with like a specific character, and then from there you're kind of leveling up both your character and the summon. And the bonus with leveling up the summon is that it then unlocks extra bonuses to then increase like your stats. So like you can then increase gotcha. your attack stat, your HP stat, kind of all that stuff. There are other additional bonuses where like you can then assign to have like your attacks do certain um, status effect damages. So like you can assign like a like a poison effect to your weapons then um, or like elemental stuff. So you can make like a fire attack as well. Um, okay. I, I, I kind of like that because I mean, they also married it up to the story as well, where it, it really is kind of having your summons influence like your characters and like, you're really much more engaged with them. Um, just cause like, um, for a whole bunch of like other FFs, um, sometimes I find when like, I'm just blitzing through the game. Yeah. I'll be collecting all these summons, but then they just like kind of sit there and like maybe once in a blue moon during a boss fight, I'll use one. But for the most part, yeah, like they're they're not doing much. So like with this junketing system, yeah, no, like you're you're way more engaged with like all of like your summons. Um, and then like you're you're way more inclined to have some fun with them. Um, but yeah, no, I just kind of like that system a lot. I've only played Final Fantasy 15, so my only thought going through all of this is how tragic it would be if some um, uninformed child was, a lot of people are talking about this Final Fantasy game, I better start from the beginning, and by game two, they don't understand what's happening. <laughs> yes. Gotta play them in order to get the whole story. Really do, though. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Which Final Fantasy games deserve a proper sequel like uh, thirteen got two. I mean, ten got its one. That's what I, I was going to ask first. Is like, can I take away some sequels first? Yeah. Abs- <laughs> oh, uh, can we ab- absolutely? Uh, can I take a guess on which sequels are taking away? <laughs> oh, you 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 probably already know what I'm going to say. So, uh, I'm going to guess uh thirteen uh thirteen two and thir- lightning returns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that whole thing just turned into just just a mess of a thing so they, they could have better put, put their energies and efforts efforts elsewhere and so this is actually kind of a tough question because actually so many of the final fantasies out there actually already have one form or another of like a sequel um like ff4 has one ff5 kind of has one in terms of like a movie it's like um a really old vhs movie um i think it's called like spirit of the crystal or something like that um, seven, seven has already so much for it. And then 
10 has something, 12 has something, 13 has something, um, 15 is never going to have anything now at this point. I mean, 15 kind of got it in the form of it's D. Oh, no, I guess it's DLC kind of. I mean, it's DLC kind of acted as a sequel in a sense, but um, not really. Not, not really, because um, all like the episodes for those guys actually are integrated with like the regular main story. Um, oh, okay. because with with 15 there are points in the story where where your like party quote unquote splits up and then it's oh. at that time where you can then like hop over to like one of your bros DLCs and you'll see oh yeah no this flows perfectly with the narrative um, and actually even with that final one of Arden it's all prequel stuff so yeah I'm, yeah I'm like yeah that's why I stopped myself I'm like wait no Arden's a, a prequel more than a sequel so yeah Oh, I guess the sequel for uh, Final Fantasy XV is uh, Tekken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tek- no. no, wait. Tek- was it Tekken or Sword Cal- Soul Calibur that it, you got into? Yeah, it was Tekken. It was, it we, was Tekken, we yeah. We really got in there. See, yeah. and now that brings up the thing that Michael was saying. Now we have to not only do all of the Final Fantasies, but now we have to do all of the Tekkens yeah. as well. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say that we should all play Final Fantasy. I said some poor child yeah. has to play yeah. it. Not right, me. we're going to make Thank a poor you. child do yeah. all of this. Sorry, my mistake. Stick him in a room for a year. Yeah. Um, you think you can room. finish for a year, Scott? That's not yeah. enough time. We're talking all of the Final Fantasies. <laughs> And Tekkens. Yeah. And Tekkens. Oh, you could do it in And here. Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God damn it. But I, I, I think maybe my only kind of idea that maybe one we could get would be Final Fantasy Tactics. There might be some fun room in there. Good. Yeah. But I'm also part of that, um, that click that's just mostly asking for Square to just port that game to the Switch, please already yeah i'm surprised they haven't yet yeah. I'm, I'm surprised they're they haven't even put it on it's like virtual console that the switch has either no no it's it's wholly locked right now to just the uh psp and ps vita well uh, we gotta fix that then yeah <laughs> looks like we gotta go talk to tetsuya nomura guys oh please no <laughs> <laughs> he is a terrible we, we go talk to him he just starts spewing things about darkness we're like no wrong franchise nomura <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, I guess it kind of is the right franchise with um, fuck. What's that new Final Fantasy? Final Fantasy Origins, I guess is what oh, you can still call it. Stranger of Paradise, right? Stranger of Paradise. Yeah, yeah. I was at some point going to mention how that I'm not too enthusiastic about it. Um, well, you don't want to fight chaos and <laughs> chaos incarnate and chaos incarnate incarnate um, and more chaos. I mean, oddly enough, my my problem problem doesn't lie with fighting chaos and Garland and stuff. I mean, that's part of like kind of like classic FF one experience. Um, my biggest thing is just yeah, no, you're now with like a set party of bros, which I feel like is very much the opposite of what kind of FF one is. Like FF one has kind of like that wiggle room where it's just like you you are kind of making your own characters with that. What if what if this isn't FF one and this is FF zero? Ooh, I mean we already do have a type zero, but <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I wasn't even oh, going to mention that one today, but here here I am. <laughs> god, uh, best stories that uh, Final Fantasy has told. Um, I have a short list of what one, two, three, four, five, six. I have a short list of six here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, obviously, still excluding FF7. Um, my top picks are uh, FF6, of course. Um, just, just because, I mean, getting into that world of ruin 
I, I think it is great. Um, it's, it's such a great narrative drive where it's just like, guess what? Everybody's been dr- driven to the brink and now we're even beyond that now. How, how, how are we all going to kind of come back from that now? I argue that FF8 has one. Um, I'm actually working on a essay as to how um, one of the characters in it basically saves the entire rest of the party th- through, through his actions. Uh, it has to do with Irving and everything. So for listeners out there who are familiar with it, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to come up with how kind of Irving saves the soul of, of, of everybody in that. Uh, my next pick is FF9 uh, for like a really good story. Um, kind of being in that more fantasy-based world, how they're able to have like such great characters kind of all come together and fight like the end of their world. Um, FF10, I would say, ultimately also does have a really good story to it. One that's kind of all about like self-sacrifice, uh, discovering kind of who you are and who your friends are and kind of like all that. I like to say FF12 has a good one as well. Um, and for anybody and everybody out there that says, oh, hey, it's just Star Wars, I would say, oh, hey, it's actually just the hero's journey, um, which is one of the most classic and timeless narrative devices in human history. So. I'm sorry, Final Fantasy Twelve is Star Wars? What? I don't know much about Twelve. Like, of all the Final Fantasy games, Twelve is the one that gets, like, talked about, like, zero... Twelve and Nine are the two that, like, get, like, barely talk- talked about. Wow. I, I when I would say for kind of more of, like, your core fans, like, usually, usually we rank those pretty high. Not just simply because, like, they have good stories, but also because, like, they'll have, like, really good mechanics behind it. Um, I myself, yeah, I, I do like the, um, especially Zodiac Age, um, FF12, or Zodiac Age? Yeah, um, with how it's like the forced and specific license boards in that, it allows you to be a little bit more creative with how you create your parties and everything in that. Um, and then finally, uh, my final pick, pick is uh, FF15. Um, I really enjoyed that story as well. I was a road trip with the Bros. Yep, uh, I was definitely crying at the end. So uh, I do want to quickly ask a thing about Final Fantasy 15. It's Assassin's Creed collaboration wasn't a fever dream, right? No, no, that that was, man, that was for like a limited type thing. It was it was pretty fun with everything they kind of did. Um, I think it goes, it it was collabed with Origins at the time, Assassin's Creed Origins. I'm not sure if that content is av- available anywhere, but yeah, no, with the FF15 Assassin's Creed stuff, like that that was locked. Like you, if you try to fire up. FF15 now and try to access it you can't it is locked out but yeah no it made for like a fun there there's like a town in FF15 that you go to um it's escaping me right now but it has enough verticality in it that like you can kind of kind of climb up and stuff and like get like some uh you know eagle view sinking points and stuff Oh my god! Yeah. Um. And oh yeah. And like you go around and you're fighting Magitek soldiers and like you're trying to do it all stealthily and sneakily and you you get like assassination options on them as well, which is essentially just taking your giant ass engine blade sword and just chucking it through their chest. So just like the assassins. Yep. Yep. Just. The- <laughs> okay, I got two more questions here before we wrap up this topic. Um, the first one's probably, and they're both pretty. Uh, what games would you like to see get the remake treatment like Final Fantasy 7 has and what's if you had to pick one game out of the mainline games 
Which was the worst one? Okay, so yeah, to t- touch on first on the on your remake question. Um, I mean, right now we're seeing kind of that treatment being done to FF1 with Stranger of Paradise. Although, I mean, just because you make a game look pretty doesn't mean your game is inherently good. I guess time will tell when that game comes out in March, is it? February or March? That sounds right, yes. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what all happens with that. I, I think the one that everybody's really calling out the most in which I think would probably be the best push for would be FF6. Um, it Out of every single one out there, it's the one that's been used the uh, or or has been like remade or remastered like the least amount. Um, and it has such like great character art, such great art design elements to it. Um, what you could do with it cinematically could just be absolutely jaw dropping. And I feel like, yeah, you, you definitely get a lot more diversity with its environments than what you get kind of like with FF seven. And yeah, uh, I, I guess then to touch on quickly on the worst FF game. Um, now I know we already mentioned FF 13. But I often argue that FF13 is bad, but not in the way people think. Um, a lot of people are just will will just say, "Well, it's just a hallway simulator." But then that's where I, I will argue it's just like cool. Most RPGs, you're kind of just going from like one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. Like you, you sometimes the idea of like an open world is that of an illusion, um, especially with some of like the older games um you're sometimes on very fixed paths in your like your quote-unquote open worlds um i i think with ff13 it just comes down to the characters themselves some of them are just wholly uninteresting there's like no development behind them or just straight up annoying i i know that that's one big one there the other one a lot of people will argue for is ff2 um that was on the original nes um but I would counter argue against that because FF2 paved the way for both the uh, Mana series and the Saga series. Yeah, um, because from FF2, they then went on and using that system. I think it was that system that influenced then uh, FF Adventure on the Game Boy. And then that further influenced uh, FF Legends also on the Game Boy, in which then both of those then evolved straight into the Mana and Saga series. And then my final one would actually be the uh, potentially some of the Crystal Chronicles stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Um, I would say, if anything, the what is it? The latest releases of the, the remake of it. Yeah. I, I didn't even bother to get them. Uh, their networks were inherently broken. Um, they didn't have any sort of cross platform stuff or uh, or did they? I'm they did have cross. They did have cross platform, but it was a bitch to figure out because you also you needed like the mobile account because it was the mobile version that they ported to every. It it was kind of just bad. Uh, mo- like the mobile ports of like games right now are like the curse and bane, and everybody hates it with Square Enix right now because that's what more often than not the ports of stuff are is ports of mobile versions, and the mobile versions are the worst. I mean, any anybody who's played. Chrono Trigger on Steam knows what I'm talking about. So, yeah. Um, But I think that will do it for me for kind of just, hey, what's good and what's not for Final Fantasy outside of FF7. All righty. Well, uh, with that, then that wraps up our first topic. Mo- 
Moving on to our second topic, uh, Michael, can take the lead Yo. on this one. Michael, you still here? <laughs> no, I died. <laughs> I'll use a phoenix down on you. Oh God, Nasa. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm here to discuss Scott Pilgrim and the way, more so specifically Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the movie, not to be confused with the second volume of the comic, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, which is part of the actual series. It's discussing how video games kind of advance the story and how they use video game tropes to like a shorthand to be like, this is where we are at this point of the story and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I, my first question, and this one goes to all of you, just your thoughts on Scott Pilgrim as a whole love it oh it's yeah, I believe if i'm remembering correctly it's scott's favorite film of all time it sure or is, is. the matrix cool yeah i enjoy the movie i haven't seen it in years but i really enjoy it no it's it's definitely my favorite movie of all time i've seen it something like five or six times now um and i've still need to go back through the graphic novels again at some point because i've only done one trip through it and i gotta do a second yeah, I've I've uh, read all the graphic novels for it. It was a fucking phenomenal read, and uh, yeah, I've seen the movie like I want to say like upwards of five times now, because it's is 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 good. It's a good movie. I don't really I, this one's kind of so like how, how do you want to start this like where where what's what's the first like point you want to like bring up here like um. Oddly enough, and this is going to be was not meant to be funny, but it is oddly enough one of the first visual gags in the movie, which is Scott's pee bar, not our Scott, but when Scott goes to the toilet (laughs) and he's got that full pee bar, and I think that that's both a very funny joke, but it also automatically puts you in the world of the of the movie, which is it gives you. We're operating now on video game logic, but also a very specific period of video game logic, more so the arcade version of of like more so like 90s um, like video game stuff. And that's also goes into the general like aesthetic of the movie, which is like the general aesthetic of the movie is meant to be from the perspective of someone who grew up in the 90s loves rock and roll and loves the arcade so like an arcade rocker basically um and i think that first just visual gag establishes that very quickly where it's like it's p which is funny but it's also like not something you're supposed to talk about it's not something that's supposed to be a topic um but there's like it's a very interesting way to introduce the audience to the world to have the character take a p on screen and then also like draw attention to it it sets um, the tone excellently. Mm-hmm. It also, sets, also it also uh, gives us the theme that Canada is a video game. It is <laughs> yeah. specifically it's Toronto. Real. Um, but then I also like other stuff because it's not just the video game influence. There's the point where he's talking to Ramon about his backstory, and there's just sudden narration um, as he's leaning on the walls, and there's this sudden like little angry cartoon character who's writing all the things out. Like as he's like, uh, I was like, I don't know when I last when I last had a date. It's like Scott knows exactly when he had the last date. It was it was July fourteenth, like two thousand one. It's like, it's, is it, like, but like the, the style of it and the voice of it is it's all very, like it instead of being that eighties nostalgia because Stranger Things kind of had that. It's like I never grew up in the eighties, but I felt the eighties nostalgia. It's Sky Pilgrim does the same thing, but for the nineties and in a very different way than like. Um, like playing a bunch of like 
boy band stuff. Um, All the small thanks. <laughs> Hello. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like, so it doesn't have stuff like that. It, it, it plays to a different scene, a different crowd, um, but it still captures the same feel. And that's a big part of why I love the movie is because it just, it, it treats itself like a fun time. Um, and it expects you to do the same. Um, and it also just doesn't overdo it with like the super video gamey stuff, but it all like in the fights, it goes a bit crazy, but like it, it does like some smaller things um, like there, how there's the sensor bar when she's swearing in the cafe. Oh, I yeah. forget yeah. who it does. Oh, does uh, Julie swearing. powers. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's doesn't, she's doing the swearing thing. And then Scott brings attention. How are you doing that with your mouth? Never fucking mind how to, <laughs> um, it's the way like, like how characters teleport. Like um, they do the, they do the gag of where not only Scott gets knocked through like several walls and then you see boyfriend number three down at the end of the walls and he opens one door and appears at the door in front of Scott. Um, but then they also do like smaller gags, like how Scott's going to see his sister in the, in the cafe, but she's teleported outside. So like, it, it it does this thing where it's like it, it makes it so Scott's it makes it clear so that Scott's not the only one who's enjoying this world. Like everyone has this sort of pseudo video gamey power. He's just like the one who abuses it the most. And abuse is a possible theme in this movie because there's lots of relationship stuff. But that's heavier than the topic I wanted to get <laughs> yeah. into. <laughs> <laughs> I love knives too. Knives is an awesome character. She's better in the book, as everyone says. But knives like maybe I think I like her more in the movie after reading through the book. Did you uh like her her movie at all, Michael? Knives out? she's not even in that movie right it's right in the (laughs) title knives out (laughs) she's gone we need her back Uh, i like uh, knives dad in the comics where he literally chases scott for and it like basically the entire like second half of like that issue he's just hunting scott what a time it's an I, I there's no part of the aesthetics that i don't like um i guess there's some points that i'm like like if i was if i were to compare the graphic novels to the movie there's obviously some stuff i would have loved to have changed um like the kitagawa like twins getting actual screen time i didn't really care about them much either way i'm gonna be honest there oh, okay um but knives is a big thing for me where it was like knives is like proper character in the graphic novels and in the movie it's like scott has all of her agency so i'm like that's kind of problematic um i love the one joke at the um in the graphic novel where after there's a big breakup and scott and knives are being like super chill about like it's okay like this thing happened like we'll move on and then Knives says, like, but if you want, like, we can't get back together, but, like, we could make out real quick. And then they do, and then they both, like, throw up because it was gross. And the comic says, and it was gross for everyone, including you. Is like, we're not doing it. Stop shipping them. We're, this isn't this isn't healthy. This is the point of the lesson. What are, uh, do you think the movie could have had the same effect if they didn't have uh, the same, if they didn't use, like, that video game aesthetic? No. Because the movie, like I said, it's constructed around the rules. So 
they're not very strong rules, but Edgar Wright did a very good job of like explaining like these are the rules of the movie. Um, and I like the effect of it all is you're basically living in a pseudo superpower world where everything's a little bit more fantastical and um, and that's like just it that builds like this whole idea of the fun of it um, where the like the movie just wouldn't be as fun if it was just like a breakup story where a guy got into what I guess would then result in very gratuitous and realistic fistfights with her ex-boyfriends and murdered them. It'd be a very different movie. <laughs> um, but then the plot also relies on it because there's one major point where Scott gets his extra life. Um, and I like, that's like one of the big points where it was, um, and like that leads to one of the really big points where where Scott thinks that he can go through life basically using other people to support himself. Where Scott has earned the power of love, where it's like his first go-to reaction was like the right thing to do is to settle down and have a relationship. Where it's like he goes back and he earns the power of self-respect, which is more powerful. It's like, no, you have to, you have to, where the whole, the movie and the comics whole point is before you can work with other people, you have to work with yourself. And I don't think you could get to the same conclusion, at least not in a fun way with, by getting rid of all the video game stuff. I think you'd end up with a much more sour and sad movie, like still hopeful at the end, but just throughout a lot more, a lot more graphic and sad. I mean, it'd be interesting to have a recut where if instead of turning into a puddle of coins, turn into a puddle of blood, if someone wants to go do that. God. <laughs> yeah, it would definitely if, just if be that's a the, different if that's effect. The case, you'd, if that's the case, Matthew Patel would only be a couple droplets. This huge ass man, this whole ass man would be like four drops of blood. As he died. No, but think about the scene at the end where they're picking up the coins from the ground. They're just picking up giblets. Oh! Selling the organs for money. I mean, like, they were promised promised seven big ones. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no! Um... I, I do want to, in this world of like powers and how like ba- almost like everybody has one. What the fuck is uh, Stevens then? Um, he can he can summon subtitles when the very loud music is being played. Oh, oh yeah, I guess yeah. <laughs> Scott, Scott, what the hell are you doing? I'm really freaking out right now. <laughs> um, I guess like I guess like there isn't really a like a power set for everyone. I think like everyone just uses like the video game kind of rules in a different way i think wallace if you were to look at it that kind of way uses lots of mini teleportations where he's always just like appearing on screen next to scott just to like either tease him or like get him out of the house (laughs) (laughs) yeah also uh hands down wallace is the best character yeah uh oh yeah so much He steals. He steals his best friend's boyfriend. <laughs> He's just like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like it's not made clear. Like, was that guy gay when they met, or did Wallace just turn him gay? Or maybe, was he maybe, bi? Maybe that's his power. That is, <laughs> Wallace, yeah, the, the power to change people's sexualities. But no, I guess like based off of that, like, what is everyone's power? Basically, I guess it's like. 
I guess it's like just how they care to interact with the world. And possibly that relates back to the graphic novel where um, I think the line that Kim uses when the we're during the first fight is the guy doesn't know that Scott's the best fighter in Alberta because Scott's originally from Alberta. Wait, um, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah, like he was like he was quote unquote the best fighter in Alberta. Well, like they just say that like as a normal thing you say. Like he just earned that title. I guess where would you guys rank yourselves in your respective provinces? Where, where I'd, I'd probably say I'm I'm fighter fifty three. Like not not like up there, but it's respectable. Well, apparently, like I'm the best. Oh, you are Scott, <laughs> and you're, you're in Alberta. Um. I, I, you see, I didn't even make the Twitch power rankings, so I doubt I'll even uh, <laughs> uh, get uh... In, in Canada power <laughs> rankings. Yeah, I doubt I'm even in the top uh, 500. Yeah. So uh... when I was in Alberta, I would say maybe I'll be like 68. But uh, BC, now that I'm in BC, I'm going to be a humble 238. Oh, so BC is the tougher crowd. Yeah. Okay. It's because they're all fucking stoned out of their mind. <laughs> they take minus five damage. Are there any other movies that try or uh, comics that tried this uh, style and failed or succeeded at it? Um, Spy Kids three. Oh, that's actually a really good comparison. Wait, is it a success or a failure? Yeah, <laughs> it's a very good comparison, is what it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, I think I think I, in all honesty, I think let's be real. Spike History is definitely a film a, that was made. A, a film that was made, <laughs> but it, it definitely portrays that video game aesthetic well. It's it's not as like uh, I I would say I it's more in your face is. about it though. I would say it's very yeah, much more it's, in your face. It's not as like meta about it. It's more so just like this tangible thing within the universe. Um, I'm gonna be like that one was more of my jokey one as an actual one as an actual failure. I would say Ready Player One, um, because Spy Kids Three had an actual like pseudo respect and understanding for video games. It was like we're gonna have fun with it. Ready Player One was stupid. And didn't seem to really want to be in the video game world they built that much unless it was for a fight scene because they kept on hopping back to the real world and made a whole point at the end of the day where it was like, yeah, man, video games are fun. But you know what's really fun? Working nine to five and, you know, just being in the real world. and ignoring <laughs> you, you know what's fun? Touching grass. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I would say Ready Player One made much more use of like uh like films and other like popular ip rather than actual video game references it was more just like the the mechanics of some video games like racing and whatnot right and like character customization they used it as like us they used it as dressing as a setting it wasn't it wasn't the aesthetic of the movie it was like it felt more like um if we have to use the video games, we'll put it in there. But like what we, what Steve, what Steven Spielberg really wanted to do was just make all these references to all these movies. He really did. I would say uh, one that maybe uh, succeeded 
although I don't know if it's entirely like one-to-one, would be Into the Spider-Verse. That has like the closest aesthetic, I think, to Scott Pilgrim. That definitely does have, have like the 90s, more so urban, urban like 90s aesthetic to it. Yeah. And, well, and more just like a very faithful comic book adaptation, right? Like it feels like you're reading a comic book almost. Um, for one that worked for me was, I would say, Tron Legacy. Um, I know Jeff Bridges and his pudgy mold face is not very good. And by mold, I don't mean mold is in like the green stuff. I mean like like you to be clear. Yeah, um, Jeff Bridges, you don't have a mold face. It's more just like infected. Anyways, ah, <laughs> oh. um, no, no, like like um, Tron Legacy respected the video game archetype. Like it's basically it literally is a video game world and it functions under those rules the entire time. Um, and it just, that one also just like, to me was a really fun and well-built world. Like everything was this, was this inside this arcade machine, but it was like, had that very um, 2010, this is what the future will look like sleek and slick vibe to it. I just like their stairs float um, their bikes float. It all just floats. We all float down here. <laughs> Which is we crazy when you down compare it to um, the original Tron movie from the 80s. The bad one? It's not bad. <laughs> my, my experience with the original Tron is Kingdom Hearts. Okay. I mean, actually, even that one is like a little bit more glitzed up than the original 80s one. So, yeah. Like, like they... they if you go back and watch like the eighties, it's just like, Oh yeah, you can really tell these people are wearing plastic costumes and stuff. God. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, for one that I wanted to bring up real quick because it, it did just come out uh free guy. Oh yeah. That one, that one does the, like, so basically it works well with it as well. Cause it respects the video game roles. Like maybe we've built like a proper video game setting. It's not just set dressing. How, how would like it also compare with like the movie gamer? with uh, Gerard Butler in it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, we can't compare it to the movie Gamer. I mean, that's like the highest level of yeah. cinema, you know? Edgar Wright's only one man. But do you know what? I, I actually, actually, I like its world. I've kind of built gaming even more than that of uh, Ready Player One. I don't think I like the world of Gamer. Doesn't that like have basically indentured servitude? Yeah, but somehow I still find it better than Ready Player One. <laughs> Well, that also did have indentured servitude. Scott, why do you want to live in a world with indentured oh, servitude? My. Okay. Uh, I got one more. Yeah, uh, yeah. Moving on, moving one, on. One more question before we wrap up this topic, and it's about the Scott Pilgrim video game itself. Uh, thoughts on Just thoughts on the video game for Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I haven't played that much of it. I've only played a couple levels. It's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so I guess I actually have a bit of a fun story with that. Um, so I was able to try out the original one on PS3, like oh, I guess. back before it got taken off the store. Yep, years ago, years and wow. years and years ago. I think I still have it installed on there. Um, but at well, like I'm probably actually still to this day. I'm kind of bad at beat 'em up games. Um, I always get my ass handed to me usually by like the second level of it. Um, so I never made it like that far into it. Um, but actually now with the HD remaster, um, I actually signed up for one of the uh, limited run uh, special editions with that. Uh, I think I got like the KO edition or whatever it's called 
Um, and they're still working on manufacturing it and getting it to me. So I'm going to eventually be playing it, but. Okay, then. Um, any last uh, quick comments about Scott Pilgrim before we move on? Um, just the usage of words Scott had there, they're not developing, they're manufacturing it. It's down at the factory and they're building it just for him. Just all the workers on the line, soldering it into the game case. (laughs) All righty. Um, with that, that's, uh, this week in the the lounge and we're going to head on over down into the bonus level. Wacky lists, weekly reports, and a look back at video game history. Here's this week's bonus level. And starting us off on the bonus level this week, we, of course, got our community corner, where every week I ask my Discord and Twitter for some questions to ask on this podcast. And we got two questions that I know of on my Discord. I don't think we got anything on the Twitter. No, we do not. So we got two questions uh, today. Uh, The first one from the Mysterious Eleven, Lego Games. Do you prefer the Mumbles or the Voice Lines? Mumbles. No question. Uh, voice lines. What? Because the Lego writers are actually pretty funny. Yeah, but they're equally as funny with the mumbles. Like you can, you can get across just as many jokes and visual gags. I, I, I'm with Nick on this one. Mumbles all the way. I I will say the like, it's it's one thing to do like original like lines and writing and voice acting for the game. It's another thing entirely to do to just rip quotes from the movies or IP that you're making a Lego game. I mean, look at like that Lego Avengers game. Yeah, it's absolutely garbage. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay, then I won't. Yeah, I would say of the two, mumbles for sure. Uh, And the last question we got How do you feel about the term gamer? And this comes from Actual Trash PhD. Talking about capital G gamers? Capital G gamers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't identify myself as a capital G gamer. Or even a lowercase g gamer, really. Uh, More of an aimer? Yeah. (laughs) Get up, Um, on aim. No, I love love aimer. That's my favorite Japanese music artist. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I'm, I'm like pretty indifferent when it comes to like how I identify with it. But uh, if we're talking about like capital G gamers online and the vocal minorities, uh, not great. Wish we didn't wish we had less of that. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm fine with it. It's like depending on the context, like I'll know what it me when it's for me and when it's for someone else, when it, when it's for me, it's like, like, just like when someone's in passing using the word gamer as someone who plays video games, like, yeah, sure. I'm fine with that. Whatever. When it's like, um, gamers are using slurs more frequently then it'd be like, yeah, that's probably not something I want to be. Um, that's, that one's not for me. Um, I, 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 I don't mind it. Um, I mean, I refer myself, refer to myself as one as well with my bookshelves worth of games and everything on it. Like, it makes traveling with them very difficult because when they ask Mr. or Mrs. on the airport ticket, he says, I'll take gamer. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I identify as gamer. Thank you very much. All righty. Um, that's the community quarter. Uh, we don't have a top five this week. 
as we're kind of limited on time. So we're going to jump right into this week in gaming history uh, from October 25th to 31st. Here's what happened in the past. On the twenty on the twenty fifth, two thousand four, Nintendo releases Metroid for the Game Boy Advance in North America. On the twenty sixth, two thousand four, Rockstar released Grand Theft Auto San Andreas for the PlayStation Two in the in North America. On the twenty seventh, two thousand eight, Sony Computer Entertainment released a Little Big Planet for the PS three in North America. On the twenty eighth, two thousand eight, Bethesda released Fallout three for the PlayStation three and three sixty in North America. On the on the twenty ninth, nineteen eighty eight, Sega introduced the Mega Drive modem in Japan. On the thirtieth, Ubisoft released Assassin's Creed three on twenty twelve for the PlayStation three, Vita, and three sixty. And on the thirty first, nineteen ninety nine, Capcom released Resident Evil two. For the Nintendo 64. The achievement of the week this week is in House of Ashes. We Are Not Alone. Which is to finish the prologue in Movie Night Mode. And the game of the week. I'm giving it to Mario Party Superstars. Good luck Mario Party. You're going to need yeah. it. What with Guardians of the Galaxy. And Riders Republic. And uh, Robot Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and all the people who will buy Iron Harvest. Thinking it's a good game. <laughs> um. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Tony. Where can we find you guys on the internet? Scott, you can do the plugs this time. Uh, okay. Um, so, Nick, Michael, and myself, you can find us all on our podcast, uh, Out of Focus, um, where every, well, once in a while for right now, that's as much as we'll promise, uh, we come out with a... Um, Specific subjects, whether it be TVs, games, movies, comics, uh, and we'll have a fun fun discussion about it. We'll re- we'll re- recap something about about said product, and uh, we'll have lots of goofs to go with it. Um, so you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, podcasts, um, just about anywhere you can find that. Um, and you can also follow us on both Facebook and Instagram. All righty. Yes, sir. We are, uh, we've got that cowboy bebop episode in the works. Sure do set to record it soon. And we'll, I'm being optimistic and we're going to probably try and get that released, uh, right around the time that the live action series comes out. I think Yeah. mid November ish. So stay tuned for that. Please do. We also have new new video commentary up of Alien vs. Predator. We fought back the copyright claims. So many of them. Yeah. Alrighty. And of course you can find me at Tony's Game Lounge on Instagram and Twitch. And where we stream at least every Monday or most Mondays. Um, and sometimes other days too. Whoa. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, of course, you can find me on Twitter as well, at Radio Tony. And uh, you can view highlights and clips from the podcast uh, if you follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or on on TikTok at Tony's Game Lounge as well. And uh, once again, thank you. Special thanks to Out of Focus, the the three lads, the gents. Thank you so much for coming on once again. Thanks again, Tony. Tony. No problem. (laughs) And uh, thank you, the listener, for tuning in. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode right back here in the Game Lounge. Thank you for listening to Tony's Game Lounge. New episodes release every Monday. Be sure to like and share the podcast and follow Tony on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch for more updates.